I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Keisha Bruce. Keisha was born and raised in Iowa by a compassionate community of hippies and revolutionaries. She fell in love with drawing during a high school art class and eventually decided to seek her fortune in the art world. A week after graduating with a BFA in painting from the University of Iowa, she sold everything she owned and bought a one-way ticket to New York City. She landed in Brooklyn with a backpack full of wrinkled clothes, two pairs of shoes, and $3,000 in cash in her pocket from selling her car. Not only did she survive, she managed to earn a Master of Fine Arts degree from one of the most prestigious painting programs in the country and build a life for herself as a working artist. In short, she's been exhibiting her work and producing projects and exhibitions in the U.S. and France for almost 20 years. You can find her artwork in the permanent collections of the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, aka the Blacksonian, the Amistad Center for Art and Culture, the U.S. Department of State Art and Embassies Program, and if you pay attention, you'll spot a few of her paintings on the set of a Netflix movie or a Shonda Rhimes TV show. In addition to her studio work, she's one of the founders of Black Girl Basel, Miami Art Week's premier gathering of Black women artists, entrepreneurs, activists, cultural change makers, and industry leaders from across the world. She also currently serves on the board of directors of Tessera Arts Collective, a nonprofit organization supporting the work and creative practices of women abstract artists of color. When you hear the word mother, mm. what do you think of? What is it? How does it make you feel? What images, words come to mind? Oh, love and nurturing. That has been my, that is my experience been so blessed to be in not just by my mother but my grandmothers um so yeah my idea of that's that's mother is your safe place uh. um and immediately just nurturing someone who is always going to be there with care for you like on all levels uh-huh. um, not just physically your your physical protection but like your mental and your spiritual protection as well um, yeah, my mother was really protective of me, um, uh, that also allowed me to grow, but I always knew that no matter what, it came from a place of love and nurturing my growth as a person without uh, question. Uh, so when you think about that word, when you think about mother, who are the people that come to mind? It, I, obviously you just spoke about your mom, so she comes mm-hmm. to mind is there anyone else besides her or is that the, like, obviously that's the strongest one, but who are the yeah, people that her come to mind? And, well, her, I was raised primarily by my mother and my grandmother. My mother had me when she was quite young. She was in her first year of college. So mm. my, my grandmother was adamant that she finished college. So she was like, give me the baby. You're going back to school. So I grew up yes. the first part when I was really little, it was my grandma and my granny. And she was just like, all love. She used to say to my mom, um, whenever I would get cranky and demand something, she used to say, 
give the baby what she wants. And my mom, it was the running joke my entire life. Give the baby what she wants was just, and it, because my grandmother said, when she leaves this house, the world will tell her no enough. But in this house, the answer will always be yes for her. Mm. And so um, that kind of love. So I think of my mother, I think of my grandmother who raised her to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. But I also think of like all my aunties because I've seen them parent as well. Like I've seen the way that they mother their children. So I've seen lots of ways to be a mother and lots of styles of mothering. So um, from my personal experience, I have one idea, but there's lots of ways to mother, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, to be a mother and to be, to offer that nurturing and that care. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Give the baby what she wants. Cause many times, particularly in the black community, there's that idea mm-hmm. of like spoiling, right. <laughs> spoiling the baby. And even with things like holding the baby too much or, you know, kiss, kissing the baby too much. Like, Oh, you're going to spoil. Mm. Like you can. And so, yeah, I guess I wonder what you think of, of that sentiment of like, you can never love a child too much. Right. Because love doesn't mean, like, you know, what's the, what is it, helicopter parenting? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's love that's really about fear on the parent's part. Mm-hmm. Because you can never really love someone too much. It's really, um, it's not just a feeling, it's an action. Like, love is an action. It's how you behave, your behaviors and your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, how do you love? somebody too much so yeah no I don't I'm not with that program yes I spoil them rotten if you spoil means give them all show them if spoil means show them how much love you have for them in your heart well then spoil them Uh, uh so that they never question whether or not you love them you shouldn't even have to say I love you right right so can you share some memories with me then, some of your early memories of being mothered in this boundlessly loving way by your mother <laughs> and your grandmother? <laughs> oh, wait, can I tell one about my grandmother? It's one of my of favorite Of course, ones. of course. And I, I mean, obviously, we all have so many, who doesn't have, you know, stories about their moms and all their family members. But this is my favorite one about the level of love my grandmother had for me. Um, in my grandmother's house, this is again, I, was, I spent, I practically grew up in my grandmother's house. And even when I lived with my mother, we were there every weekend, all day. It could be all day Saturday and all day Sunday. But this time it was just me and my grandmother in the house. And um, she wouldn't do anything in the house. But this day I decided I wanted to go play in the, like, the little tiny laundry room. And I was a really creative child, as I am a very creative adult, probably because I was loved and nurtured so much, honestly. <laughs> so I went into the laundry room and I had this idea that I wanted to build a trampoline. Now, I'm like three or four at the time. So like... <laughs> I do not understand the laws of physics. Gravity is like I, I, not a concept. But I figured if I got enough blankets out of the linen closet and just laid them on the floor, that would make it so I could just jump and bounce. So I literally took every single perfect piece of folded and ironed linen out of my grandmother's linen closet. 
and threw it on the floor and the laundry room. Like I draped it over things. Like I just thought it's not soft enough yet. Let me get more, more blankets, more. Let me, oh, let me get this, this coat too. I mean, I emptied the linen closet of everything. Of course it, it was not a trampoline. It was a pile of clean clothes thrown onto the floor. And my grandmother came in <laughs> and she took one look at the room and just goes, Oh, Keisha. And then just walked right back out. <laughs> she wasn't even mad. She just like was like, yep, that's the type of things that Keisha does. And I just remember, like, how wonderful has it to have caused that much of a just, it's going to take her an hour to put all that away. Some of it she probably had to shake out and wash again or like, and she was just like, well, you had an idea and you had to try it out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how amazing is that? Like, I will never forget that. It was just, I now I look back and go, you know, as someone who does all the laundry and the folding and all, uh, to just be like, okay, cool. You learned something. That didn't work. But I just, I just think that was such a, for me, I always remember that, that, that way of that response of her. There was no anger mm. and more she just fully accepted my curiosity and that's what I mean by nurture right yeah. you don't try to stop it you don't try to sure that was inconvenient for her but uh-huh. it was an amazing memory for me right, right. <laughs> it reminds me of this quote I, I cannot remember who said it but it said we should love we should love the other person in such a way that they feel free that they feel more free absolutely and that you know that boundless love when you have someone who loves you like that it gives you a sense of freedom it made me brave it mm. made me brave it made me able to make i uh, uh, people are always asking me like oh my gosh i can't believe you did that and i was like wow i look back that does sound crazy like i moved to new york city with like two thousand dollars in cash uh, one suitcase and two pairs of shoes and I didn't have a I didn't I didn't have a place to live and and I made it like I did it you know because I believed I could uh. and I knew even if I didn't I had a safety net of people who loved me to fall back on so I was able to take that risk and make that leap that changed my life in ways that I could have never thought or uh. imaginable that bravery was built with love and that love is what has propelled me towards so many of my dreams and hopes and ideas that have become that I that that have become my life. So yeah. Mm. This almost feels strange to ask because with that with that much with that kind of outpouring of love, what could you possibly lack? But I wonder if there <laughs> right. I'm like, well, <laughs> know was there anything that you looking back on it or even in the moment that you wished I wish that I'd had this or that they'd done this differently or that they'd understood this about me Hmm. no you know I actually feel like my yeah I felt very seen Mm -hmm. even I I felt deeply seen even when they didn't understand me Mm. that never stopped them from supporting me Mm. Um, like when I said 
I'm going to go do this. And here's my plan. Even if they were like, why would you want to do that? They're like, well, you got a solid plan and you seem really excited about it. So, okay, I'm going to help you do that. Um, so, I mean, no mother child relationship is perfect. I don't know what that even means. I don't, I don't even know what I mean as I say that, but um, no, I don't think, I can't really think of anything. Mm. Maybe do you have like an example? Like, leave me. And I can, sure I can think of something. Because <laughs> it's not like I, did, I didn't have any things that my mother did that I wish she had done differently. Mm. There's plenty. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, you know, my my own relationship with my mother was very toxic, but I think about, you know, the grandmothers in my life and I think that there were perhaps times when they gave me advice in in the hopes that that advice would protect me, that right. telling me to to be a certain way would protect me. Yeah. But Instead, it made it feel like this. This is like this is the right way to be, and if right. you and and if you aren't that way, and something goes awry, then it's your, it's your fault, fault, right? Mm-hmm. That things you know went awry. Um, so I can, you know, as an adult, I can look back on that and be like, oh well. In retrospect, you're like they were telling me this out of their own fear. Right. And they were trying to protect me. Right. But it also made me fearful and less confident. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I can totally. Yeah. No, my mother encouraged me to be a complete weirdo. Just, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> just a complete. This stuff. Yeah. When she'd come home and my hair would be blonde. Like, whatever. She just. I got a lot of yes. I got a, yeah, a lot of yes to experimentation. And even if. I did things that really made her upset. We butted heads because I'm very strong-willed and brave and have a big mouth because that's how she raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we butted heads plenty. There were like maybe a four-year period where we fought on the mm. regular, regular. Um, but I always knew, it didn't matter how mad she got. Mm-hmm. She loved me more than anything. And I never doubted that. Mm. Even when I was like, I cannot stand her. Mm. I knew still that she loved me more than anything and she would do and if I was like mom I I never doubted that they would be there for me my mother and my grandmother never mm. that yeah yeah I just keep thinking about what amazing strength and courage you can yeah. give a child when they mm. have that unshakable faith that they are loved and that they have you know a soft place to land yeah and the other thing is that I I really really I'll always give them credit for is that I never felt judged or shamed Mm. never I never felt judged or shamed and I'm realizing now how how rare that is to be parented, but I never got shamed for my behavior, how I dressed, my opinions, or the way I saw the world. I was really encouraged to be myself, even when it was in opposition to my mom's beliefs. Mm. But in the end, I mean, I started going to protest rallies. My mom was, I'm like, I'm just an old hippie. 
So this part of her that was like, I want you to be free. I didn't have you on this earth to be a mini version of myself. Uh, you get to have your own life. I want you to be free. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's how she raised me. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's a huge thing because I'm not someone who feels a lot of guilt uh-huh. or shame because I was never guilted or shamed. Uh, and those are foreign concepts to me. You know, it's like, if you do something wrong, you apologize because it's bad and you know it because morally in your heart, you know that's wrong. But I was never guilted or shamed for just being who I am and expressing that. Mm. Was it ever hard to be the woman that you were raised to be? Yeah, it's still hard. Because it's amazing, right, to grow up with this, you know, this love that encourages you to be courageous, to be brave, to be who you are. But like your grandmother said, we're going to tell her yes in here because when she goes out into the world. The world is going to tell her no. Right. She's a little black girl. The world is going to tell her no a lot. So Mm -hmm. in this house, it will always be yes. And I also just want to say that my, my grandmother and my mother's love extended beyond me. Like they both had a love for the world and especially for black people and caring for black people in the ways that they had not, the care that they deserved that they never got. Mm. So, so me showing up in the world, the way I show up is really a reflection of the way I was raised and that it's not just about you. Nobody gets free by themselves. You get free with your community. So, um, and it's hard to grow up (laughs) when you're raised by hippies and like, this is the way it should be. And that is not the way it is. Right. And so I'm, I'm constantly running up against that. I mean, like on a daily basis, like it should not be like this. Uh And I'm not going to behave like that just because that's the norm or the standard. That's just not who I am. That's not how I was raised. And it's not what I believe. Uh Uh Yeah. At work, at the grocery store, everywhere. (laughs) Did your grandmother raise your mother? the way that your grandmother and your mother raised you? I think my grandmother, you know, because it's always different. Grandmas uh-huh. are real soft and sweet with the grandbabies. <laughs> and I think that, and it was also another time. My mom was born in 1955. So, uh-huh. and we were from Iowa. It was like 2% uh-huh. of the population was black. Uh-huh. So there's, you had to do things to survive. Right. So they were strict with her. Right, right. Which I think, resulted in my mother letting me have way more freedom because Mm -hmm. she was like my parents were so strict with me because they had to protect me Uh I know I want you to be able to you are born into a different this is a different time you have freedoms that I didn't have Uh go explore that Uh so no I think they parented really differently Uh but the love was always there that never I mean I know for a fact that my mom knew no matter what she could always call her parents and that there would always be a soft place to win. Always. Uh-huh. House burned down, car broke down, doesn't matter. We have a home. Uh, yeah. 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 So what did you know about your grandmother and your mother as women, as people, when you were growing up? Nothing. I didn't know any thing about what it was like for them to be women. I knew them as my grandmother and my mom. Uh, I knew their relationship. I knew our family is really tight. Like half, like 
our family all lived on the same street, like every other house is one of my aunties and my uncles. Are. So we are all pretty tight. So I knew them in relationship to, you know, church relationships and conversations and that's a part of their social life. But I didn't really know my grandmother as like a woman. She's always my grandmother. She was always my grandfather's wife. It was uh, always grandpa and granny, always. Uh-huh. And then it wasn't until probably when I was in graduate school, so I was maybe almost in my late 20s, when I, and this is when my, my relationship with my mother really blossomed and turned into something else, uh-huh. is when I just started to see her as another woman trying to make her way in this world. Uh-huh. And then my level of respect for her was so high because I was like, and you did this with two kids? How are you doing this? Right. Like, and you loved us so much and provided for us. Like, I just, I was stunned by her. But I started to think of her not just as my mother, but just as a woman who navigated all of these life challenges and all of these experiences with such grace and tenderness. She was soft. She was strong and soft at the same time. And so, yeah, I'm, I'll always be in awe of her for that. Yeah. Uh. So, she was a good one. She was yeah. a good one. Everybody that she touched will tell you that. You know, when she passed, I had people that I'd never met, like, send me messages, voicemails, voice messages on Facebook from, like, Amsterdam and, like, Germany. And I'm like, I don't need – people from all over the world are getting in, in touch. They would say, I'm sorry to bother you, but your mother meant so much to me. I just wanted to let you know. And, like – messages I mean it was just and it just reinforced everything I already knew about my mom (laughs) your yeah listening to you talk about your mom I was thinking I hope that one day my kids feel like that when they think about me and and thinking I wish obviously I wish I could have met your mom but I wish that I could have seen you with your mother like I wish oh I could gosh. I could have we witnessed that we were a riot let me tell you this right to the end when we used to go to cancer center for her on chemo day she was too weak to walk so I put her in the chair and I would wheel her around and I was in there all day it was like eight hours it was the entire day on chemo day and uh we wheel her around and we were everybody in the cancer center knew us because we would laugh so loud they could hear us coming down the hall because I suck at driving wheelchairs. Okay. Like the amount of stuff I ran her into, like in the plants and like, just, just, I couldn't get her out of the freaking elevator. Like I was horrible. So we just laugh and laugh and laugh. So like the joy between us went everywhere. I took her to, um, trips. I flew her to Europe. She had a room in my house in France. Uh, I would take her on surprise trips and she would come to France and I would surprise her and take her to London. Um, she went to Art Basel with me, Art Basel, Miami. I, you know, I took her there. I took her to the parties out till 2, 3 a.m. I took her to my favorite lesbian bar when I graduated from grad school. She was famous there. Everyone's was like, you're Keisha's mom. Everybody knew Miss Pam. <laughs> She's great. She was great. <laughs> She sounds. She lives a good life, and I think you only get that 
baby, she lived her life in such a way that even when she's gone, like the work that she did in this world, her legacy is so rich and so multi-layered. And so that's, that's, that's one of the strongest things she modeled for me is that the actions you do, the energy that you put into the world, it has ripple effects, some of which you may never see, mm. but they're, they're there. Like the work that she did is still changing people's lives. She's been gone for two years and I still see the work that she put into this world come to fruition. And that is just, I think that's, well, again, that will always amaze me. Uh, it inspires me to be better. Yeah. It inspires me because I know I'm like, she lived her, her life in such a way that she touched so many people and did so much good. And, and she also was a good person. So you can do, you know, you can do right. that. You can be a good person and put good in the world and have a good life. Yeah. Uh, I believe that. What did she, what did she teach you about how to care for yourself? Either what did she that, tell you yes. or how did you see her caring for herself? That is one of the things that I still struggle with because my mother was such a giver and a caretaker. She was not great about nurturing and caring for herself. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, later in her life, we talked about this a lot, slow down, just slow down, mm-hmm. take care of yourself, slow down. It's okay to slow down. Um, yeah. That was probably the way that, the way that she always put everyone else in front of her, especially as a mother, you always put your babies, your babies, there's no, then we only have this much food, babies eat first, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, mm-hmm. that part of motherhood, that's so much based on sacrifice. And even though I'm not a mother, I model that behavior in some ways. And I have to catch myself and say, did you eat? Mm-hmm. Did you take it? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Do you need a nap? Do you need a rest? Right. How are you feeling? Right. Um, especially I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest and only daughter in my family. So I'm very hands-on, very firstborn energy, you know? And sometimes I have to say, like, did you did you eat today? It is 1:30. Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody else is good. What about you? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something I'm still working on. Is, I'm, you know, I'm middle-aged. I'm going to be 47 this year. You look I'm good, still... girl. I know. I'm like, this, this is almost 50. Look. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50, and I'm learning how to take care of myself in the way that my body needs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a very, I'm a painter, and I'm, just, you know, I have a very physical job. And I think probably about when I, probably about five years ago was when I realized that I needed to start taking care of my body. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to keep up my studio practice. And so I hired a personal trainer and I, he, I basically paid him a ton of money to teach me how my body worked. Mm. And so now I'm, now that I'm not no longer working with the trainer, I'm still working on making, um, making myself the priority in my life, Mm -hmm. not my work, right? Myself, myself, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's new yeah. for me. That's really new for me. Uh, 
what's something that, what's a lesson that you think your mother and your grandmother wanted you to walk away from their mothering with? Mm. But there's always enough love to go around. Mm. You don't run out of love. Um, my, I grew up in the type of family where, perfect example, my mother used to teach at her college, many colleges. She worked in academia for most of her career. And it would not be uncommon for us to get the doorbell or knock on the door at two in the morning. There'd be one of her students that had had a falling out with the boyfriend. And we, without batting an eye, I would just go to the closet, get pillows and the blankets, be like, lay down. I mean, this is all the time. We'll work it out in the morning, go to sleep. <laughs> um, and one of my mom's students asked me one time, she was like, Keisha, your mom is so great. Don't you ever get jealous with the amount of love that she, like she gives us so much attention, her students, you know? And I was like, wow, no. I've honestly, I can honestly say I have never felt neglected or that the amount of love that she puts into other people ever took away from me. Mm. What she taught me is that there's always enough love to go around. Mm. Like that's, there's all, you don't run out of love. It's because I love you. I can love you less. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. Right. There's not a love bank and you, you know. Depleted. Right. Got no more love. (laughs) Like, no, there's always more. And like the more, like, it's like, there's always more love. There's always a way to care and love for someone with words, with, I mean, there's just, you know, there's, no, there's, it's not, you don't have to ration it. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's always enough enough love. And do you love yourself with that same kind of fire and force as you Mm -hmm. do others? Yeah. I have a very uh, high level of self-esteem because I was loved so much. You can't tell me shit. You can't tell me. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've gotten a little more tame in my old age, but still, I know I'm fire. You know what I mean? Like I, and I just think of all the generations of love that have trickled down and have been invested in me and entrusted in me. And yeah. I think in certain areas of my life, I think I do it better than others. And I show myself that same kind of love and care and kindness. Like I said, with physical, with um, like taking care of my body, taking care of now, taking care of my spirit, that was spiritual centeredness and having a spiritual practice um, was something that was always been important to my family. And so that is what um, I always come back to, and when I really am deep in my spiritual practice, it reminds me to take care of my body. Mm. So those two are so linked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything's a work in progress. <laughs> I work sometimes progress. this sounds very hippie, but I know you'll understand me. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I sometimes feel like a lot of the problems that we have in the world, particularly in this, in this country, in the United States, stem from a lack of love. And I wonder, what do you think the world would look like if more people had been loved and gave love 
the way that you saw love given in your family? I think this whole situation would be a kinder, gentler place. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up in, uh, uh, there was no, comp- I just, there was that, that, that competition and that the, the, you have to prove that you are good enough. You have to earn, like, I didn't have to learn love. I didn't have to earn love. I didn't have to prove that I was good enough. I just was. All I had to do, you, I was good enough. I was always good enough, no matter what. And I think, I think you are absolutely right that so many of the world's problems in general come from people not really getting the love that they needed to be well. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, uh, I wish I could give some of my wonderful childhood. Can you wish you could like give pieces of your wholeness to people who didn't have it? Because I got a lot to go around. Like I just filled up with the love, right? And I understand that um, so many people didn't have that, especially when you're young. Because right. you just don't have the same level of armor or ways to protect yourself. Because that's how you build the armor, right? right? It comes from the love. It comes from the care. So that when bad things inevitably happen, no one's immune to life. Right. <laughs> um, right. But then you have all that love is the padding. It's the thing that reinforces you and allows you to heal. And mm. so, yeah, if you don't have that, I can see it all the different ways that you act out out of survival and of not knowing any other way to be. Mm. Yeah. They just simply don't know any other way to be. Yeah. So given, you know, you said you talked about your mom and your grandmother and having observed your aunt's mother you know, and even the mothering that you do as an eldest child. I'm also mm. an eldest child. <laughs> so you know. Right. So you know all up in everybody's business, oh. all the organization. I do this, do that. Oh my goodness. Right. Bossy ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So. Get it together. Right. <laughs> right. This house thing for mom gets home. Right. <laughs> I am trying to help you help yourself. Thank you. Listen you know, to you me. You're going to get in trouble when she comes right. through that door and those dishes are not done. Right. Why are you making me yell at you? <laughs> exactly. You making me do this. <laughs> you know the rules too. You live here. Right. I have two little brothers. They're little. They're, you know, they're grown ass men. But like, yeah, that dynamic does not change. <laughs> I'm the oldest of three girls. They're four and eight years younger than me. Oh, so I know you were in charge, in charge. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what what have you learned about mothering? And if you were going to tell someone when you are mothering, just remember what would Take you Take care say? of yourself too. Yes. That's what, that's, that's what, it, that's what I would tell my mother. Mm-hmm. I would say, you did an amazing job raising us. I wish during that time you had taken more care of yourself too. Then, mm. like the amount of love, and like you made sure we ate right, we got enough sleep, we were we got to talk about our feelings, um, all these things. We were educated. We got to read. We had tons of joy, so much joy and fun and laughter. Um, I hope she got that too. Because, I, you know, I'm not privy to my mom's whole life. I'm the daughter, right? Right. Um, 
maybe maybe she was I mean she was very very happy person so maybe she did have all those things but um that's the advice I would give for any mom is just take care of yourself too because you have to take care of me that's one of the best ways you can be there for your children is to take care of yourself that's all yeah yeah I think that's really 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 important with my friends that are now moms I'm always like did you eat how are you feeling how's it going are you okay cool how are the babies Uh how are you Uh how are you doing yeah because mothering's tough yeah and like you know it's tough like you said about your own experience with your mom and part of I think sometimes what like compels me to take care of myself even when I get you know feel like putting myself on the back burner is but if I put me on the back burner then they're watching and they will one day do it that is that is absolutely true I learned I learned self-neglect from my mother I like everything else will be like everything will be pristine. Everything will be taken care of. Like the house is clean. All the bills are paid. The dishes are done. The yard work is done. The dog even got a bath. I haven't eaten all day. Like just little things like that's little things like that. It's like, did you take care of your, like the dishes are not that important. The dishes don't be there. Go take a nap. Go take a hot bath. Go get your hair did. Little things. Yeah. 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 I'm still learning. I'm definitely still learning. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.